0: What changes do you feel uh, were, what changes happened to you after being in jail? I
1: don't know. I uh, returned to CORE and continued to uh, participate in CORE. I can't not identify any physical changes because I wasn't home. I guess I was stronger, psychologically, emotionally. I, uh, that pride that you mentioned, uh, that sense of realization, I guess, was heightened because uh, that we had been successful in groups. That we saw Afro-Americans in positions where they've never been before. Um, I'd gotten older. Older? But older. But other than that, I, I can't identify any, any significant change.
0: Do you think St. Louis changed at all?
1: Oh, there is no question that the city The changed. consciousness of it. That's assuming that it has a mor- morality, that it has a, some kind of base of right and wrong. I don't think. I don't know how to answer that. I think that we forced them to change. I don't know whether there was any uh, sense of love. I think some people did, but. I'm learning more and more that the businessman is interested in the bottom line, and if there's anything that's going to impact upon that bottom line, he or she is willing to deal with it. So, a big part change. Yes, yes. So I don't think that morality uh, played a, a major part. It was just unadulterated power or force. And, uh, the power establishment was becoming afraid. It had to have been because we, at that particular time, had the momentum in our favor.
0: How did the black community treat you?
1: Individually? After
0: you got out. Oh,
1: fine. I was not a hero. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm trying to make you a hero, what you said.
1: Uh, we were just recognized, we were saluted. Uh, people were happy to see that we were out of jail, and they were happy to see uh, Afro-Americans working in different places where uh, they would not have been at that particular time had we not demonstrated. Uh. What happened to CORE after that? Oh, CORE. CORE began undergoing a series of changes. CORE, at that time, had always been integrated. Then nationally, throughout the whole civil rights movement, there was a thrust that blacks should be providing the leadership rather than whites or others. And so National Corps uh, under Enos, Enos Enos became the National Executive Director of Corps. And then Corps, in my opinion, began going down because it became all black and uh, not, it didn't go down because of that, but it was just one of the contributing elements to it. Um, and then it went down whereas today the core that I know, the core that I'm familiar with is no more.
0: Are you associated with it at all? No. When did no. you stop being associated with it? Oh,
1: I've forgotten. I've forgotten what year it was. But,
0: I mean, some, in the 70s or was it late 60s?
1: You know, I don't remember. Around that time? To, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, that's
0: good enough. Uh, um, this I sort of had did you care to
1: comment on that this political cartoon that no I s- I don't remember that cartoon but I assume that it was when I was uh, in politics and uh, ran against clay for the committee ship. I assume that's when you want is that that yes uh-huh I- mm-hmm. Um, I had a, an opportunity to run for Democratic committee and uh, Clay uh, decided that he wanted to be committed. He would have, had, I had served as his campaign manager for Alderman and we had a successful campaign. We won. He became Alderman. And then I was through because I had done my duty. In fact, that, we were still part of, of CORE. So after the Jefferson banks, we banked, we went into politics, that's what it was. You know how I pictured a little something? <laughs> we went into the political arena. And, because I really wasn't interested in, in politics, but I helped Clay because he was my friend. And still is my friend. And um, Then we uh, separated uh, when it came from that committeanship because while I was in jail, I was running. And I got out, and then eventually he got out, and uh, Clay won. That must have been, I think, in 64. Was it 64? Uh, it might have been... 64. Yes. It, 64?
0: Well, it, uh, things that I have here are... Um, this is 63. September 63, and I have uh, There was December 63, I have some information that I got. Uh, uh-huh. You were. Both say you were uh, had something to do with Tozier for a while. Oh, and yeah. Say
1: was very <laughs> lawyer, yeah. lawyer,
0: lawler. And yeah. uh, so. No, that, Clay that was,
1: was lawler. Right. Uh uh-huh, right. And uh, that's the steam fitters, Right,
0: and you were Tozier. That says that, that article, that particular article was December 63.
1: so Okay, so it was63 mm-hmm.
0: uh, All right. Uh, I have a, they have a picture here that no one seems to uh, know too much about. It, it's March 31st, 1967, and it's black bags during press conference at Washington New. Does this strike a bell? We're all no. sort of mystified. <laughs> no. Obviously, they nothing.
1: No, it doesn't mean a thing to me. Mad, uh, look at it. Sure, closer. absolutely. You no, know, it might have been a way of raising money for. So I don't know. No, I I have no no idea.
0: Um, I'd like to mention today since we we're doing our. First interview on the day that John Kennedy was assassinated, and it was '63, and it was also around the time when you were involved in this Jefferson Bank. Um, Would you just talk about how that affected? uh, Oh, that was a blow. That
1: That was a blow because. Uh, Kennedy had Inspired us as well We're citizens too And hearing him The quality of the voice The enthusiasm His mannerisms Gave us hope Maybe gave us more hope Than we should have uh, Desired But we were Just shocked didn't believe it, who would shoot the president? Who would assassinate a man who was bringing us hope? So we were just shot, we were hurt. It was a blow, it was a tragedy. Um,
0: Well then, from there, even though it's quite a few years later, but we're talking about These are the pictures of when Dr. King and April 4, 1968.
1: Right. That's here in St. Louis.
0: Right, and this is St. Louis. Also, this looks like Union. It looks like the Congress Hotel right there.
1: Well, we marched. See, I was in charge of the police. <laughs> <laughs> These are
0: the children with yes. signs.
1: Yeah. Yes, you see, the police department was concerned because this is the day they thought we were going to have a riot in the city of St. Louis, yes. the day that we marched. When was this march? That was uh, April, April 7th. 68.
0: well that's the children's picture
1: yeah this is April so is right uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah we um, we uh, had an excellent march and they thought that we were going to riot on Jefferson at the Roosevelt theater Jefferson and Leffingwell mm-hmm. and they were the police undercover officers were moving people, certain people, and surrounding certain people to make sure that nothing happened because I later found out from the police department that they had the United States Army on the fringe of the city just in case, (laughs) just in case, ready, in case it had turned into a riot because we had thousands of people out there, and as you see, it wasn't just a black group, it was an integrated group uh, marching all the way from the riverfront all the way out to Forest Park. When we got to Forest Park, it really wasn't organized, ready for speakers. Was not? Was not, no. no.
0: And you were in charge of this march?
1: I was in charge of the police aspect of it. The police aspect. Uh-huh. Uh, making the route, letting the police know where we were going to be, and and they watched me for when we were gonna start the parade and little little things mm-hmm. like that.
0: Your skills are so many and so you flatter me. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to flatter you, mm-hmm. Mr. Say. When I think of the of the role that you've played, it's almost a science to be able to know what people want, and and try and work with different factions and so much public relations. It's a very difficult
1: thing. It is, but I think.
0: Yeah. Um, While we're talking about riots, why do you think St. Louis never really had a race riot?
1: It had all the ingredients but it just didn't ignite could have but if there were any one person that I'd give the credit to, I would say an Al flashing, who worked for Civic Progress. Because of the relationships that he had with various Afro-American leaders and leading people, either he had them directly or indirectly, I think that... more than anything controlled the situation. Plus, we were living in a compact area, Afro-Americans. We lived in a relative, well that was in 1968, and we had begun to move in 68, (laughs) but still we, we knew, knew, each other, I would think. But that was relatively minor. The bigger thing was the, when I say Al Flashman, I'm talking about his being able to docile out money, being able to provide jobs through civic progress and other groups. Uh, his being on various boards urban leave and things of this time mm-hmm. this is not negative i'm mm-hmm. this is uh, in a sense to his credit. Uh, he knew personally many of the Afro Americans from having worked in the Department of Parks and Recreation. And there We didn't have the dope as, as and the, 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 the crime wasn't as high. It was just a different milieu uh, than we're living in today. I think if we had today's environment, conditions being as they are, I think we would have a lot. So I'm basically saying that we could have a riot today if unemployment continues to increase. If a policeman in the hot summer time does something. All the conditions I think that we had are here today, in fact I think they are. In, they have increased. It's just a matter of having someone who's there to control the, uh, when your heat goes up. The thermostat. Thermostat. The, you no, know, it's not the thermostat, but the, uh, it's not the Indicator. Floor. <laughs> well, anyway, as long as you have the conductor. And one of the, principal conductors was Al Price. Now that's just my opinion. And
0: who was it in the black community?
1: I would think that the Urban League would be one, the A.C.P. was another. Uh, those Afro-Americans who were working for the government those city, local, and state, uh, some of them who were active in large fraternities, the so-called safe organization. And this is not being critical.
0: Mm-mm. I hear nothing critical uh-huh. from what
1: you're this saying. This is just, uh, those were the relationship. persons who had good jobs mm-hmm. uh, in private industry. Mm-hmm.
0: Who had some clout?
1: Yeah, more imagined than real. <laughs>
0: well, that's right. I understand that people who, but they had con- they had some contact. They yes. they may sit on a board, yes. but they
1: right.
0: had had some contact. Right. Somebody knew who they were. Right. Somebody might right know who they were.
1: Right.
0: Um, which brings me into you when know, we're talking about uh, contact and leadership. The role of the churches, black churches.
1: The churches basically cooperated with us. There were some who did not. Uh,
0: who, who, when I say who did not, I, I you don't have to name. Gee, but, what, but but who and why?
1: <laughs> well, there were some churches who had relationships with the bank, oh. and there were depending upon that bank or some other bank to finance their churches. Construction of the church. Or some of the members might have been banking with Jefferson Bank for a long, long time and didn't want to change. Or they, had, they thought they had a personal relationship with the banker. Those, those were basically the reasons why person's... Uh, particularly the churches, but most of the churches supported us. Uh, ministers even demonstrated on the line for us, raised money for us. So basically, we did have the support of the churches. Just, just a few churches did not follow.
0: Well, you had the ministers and laymen's boycott, didn't you? Uh, um,
1: yeah, they, they cooperated with yeah, us. Yeah, in 63. Mm-hmm. But of course, you remember those who didn't. <laughs> there, were, there were only about one or two, as I recall. There weren't many that refused to cooperate.
0: Mm-hmm. I bet they remember it too.
1: They did, because, in fact, we're celebrating, as you know, the 25th anniversary, and uh, one of the persons who didn't is still alive, and we wanted to have an activity at his church. And he said, no, that might bring back too many memories, and." Open more wounds, and so we did not have the activity at his church.
0: That's surprising if you were willing to have him be part of it. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Can't
0: reach out much more than that. Well, that's
1: no more than with the bank. The bank didn't want to be bothered with us either. <laughs> the same situation.
0: Well, now the <laughs> bank, I can understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, You did contact them, right, and they... The bank? Yes.
1: Well, yes, 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 yes. I uh, personally went to the bank.
0: Tell me about
1: that, please. Oh, I went to the bank maybe... We demonstrated on the 30th of August this year. I went to the bank, went to the bank, maybe two or three weeks prior to our demonstration. Just dropped in without an appointment and asked to speak with the president, who is the son, of the gentleman who was the chief executive officer when we were demonstrating in 63, Dylan Ross. And the son, who was the chief executive officer, was not in, so I talked with the vice president, and he said, well, I can't talk with you, you better talk with the president. So I thanked him, but I did find out that he had, at that time, about five or six Afro-American tellers one was uh, part time and about three persons in clerical support roles. That was more than they had in '63. But they had no Afro American supervisor or uh, managerial positions. Still now. Even as of now. Uh, the bank. Barely has over fifty employees, so I guess it has about sixty, some more employees. Let's see what else can I say about the back?
0: But they wanted no part in.
1: But they wanted no part in this, in this demonstration. They wanted no part in it when we had it uh, about four years ago, and when we did it in, on our tenth anniversary, they wanted no part in it also. But I had thought that by the 25 years, they would have softened. But the uh, son, who is now the chief executive officer, says that we tried to kill his bank, and he holds that against us. And he refused the next day to, to uh, meet with him. He said we had nothing to talk about.
0: Well, I guess he was raised, uh, Millsap said that you are organized proven lawless and irresponsible. your organization proved lawless and irresponsible, I
1: guess. Well he was, that was an was article from years ago, mm-hmm. was, Yeah. because he and I are acquaintances, now we speak and mm-hmm. talk and smile about the past, Good. Uh, now that's Millsap, right. uh, Millsap is, an, is a politician and a, an attorney, yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. chief executive officer has not changed his stance.
0: I see you looking at your watch. I'm going to.
1: Well, no, I can. I we can go on uh, some more.
0: I, I I didn't talk about the St. Louis, uh, let's see. I'm going to find this. Um, the Community Council,
1: is that what I'm looking for? Um, yeah, the St. Louis Community yes. Council was for, was headed by Dr. Ben Davis. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of that group, it had a representative uh, group of uh, leaders and leading persons, doctors, lawyers, engine chiefs, etc., who were raising money to uh, help us. In fact, the Urban League played a major role in raising the money after we were there in jail and trying to get us out and trying to resolve the situation. So this that group, that community organization group, was just a group of citizens who wanted to show that there were responsible persons in the community who appreciated what we were doing and wanted to help us out. And so they primarily raised funds for the bond and uh, for our court costs and related and related uh, expenditures, we had also the Human Rights Commission uh, became very actively involved in trying to uh, open more doors for us and uh, doors for us being jobs for persons in the banking kind of the industry.
0: Now, when we talked about race riots, I meant, generally speaking, I was not talking about, and so it, you understood that that was not just Jefferson Bank. That
1: was just oh, I thought you were saying why is it that we didn't have a race riot in the city of St. Louis?
0: Yes, but okay, I meant okay. I meant at, at during the 60s, not just the at
1: the Jefferson Bank right. period.
0: But I think you, to me, you answered it fully. I yeah, just, as long okay, as we okay. Um, do you feel like? You did that. You you understood that it was the entire yes. 60s. Okay, yes. uh, and the same with the the question on the uh, the churches. I'm talking about the full impact of the churches during the 60s, uh, not
1: just oh, during okay. the Jefferson okay. Bank. Oh, that I did not thought you were talking about yeah. just the Jefferson Bank. Oh, the churches have been most well, supportive. Well,
0: actually, I asked the question, and it was very interesting. You went straight to the Jefferson Bank. Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> well, I put it in that context. Yeah. The uh, the churches have been most supportive. But the whole civil rights movement, not only in St. Louis, but everywhere, has uh, had its origin or genesis in church or religious settings. King churchman, his lieutenant's churchman, Jesse Jackson, the head of uh, uh, Southern Christian Leadership Conference, churchman.
0: What did, what did, well I think that's uh, the churches are a, uh, a force for freedom uh, and a home and a what? A, a home. home.
1: Well, that's true because many times people would go south and there was no place to stay for Afro-Americans and the church became a place where you could stay or you could meet some brother or sister who would allow you to sleep and eat in her or his home. Uh-huh. Uh, the church also was one of the independent entities or it is one of the independent entities where the power structure is less likely to make itself known or its views known. So I think those are some factors why the church has always been out there. You have a group of people there, you got an audience, Mm -hmm. so all you need is a speaker.
0: What people or events do you believe constituted the civil rights movement in St. Louis during the 1960s?
1: Oh, I think all of them did. I think NACP, CORE, ACTION, all of them contributed. Uh, ACTION and CORE gave respectability to the NACP and the Urban League because uh, the Urban League was, the, the power establishment would say, Urban uh, NACP, no, I mean um, action, and core, I'm not going to help you, you're radical. But I'm going to help NACP and the urban me, because you're my kind of people. And so you have the good guy and the bad guy, core and action being the bad guy, the good guys being NACP and urban me. Yeah. So, in my opinion, That was the strategy used in order for us to move ahead.
0: But who were some of the people, the main people in the 60s?
1: Separated them from the organization?
0: Yes. The movers and the doers.
1: In addition to those 19?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I would say Bohannon of the Urban League, I would say Margaret Bush Wilson, uh, Anita Bond, Virgil Border of the National Conference of Christians and Jews, Rabbi Isman, Myron Swartz, um, Ben Davis. Percy Green, Captain Ed Bolden.
0: Is he related to Otis? Mm-hmm.
1: Ed Bolden is a police captain, first Afro American police captain who commanded a district.
0: Doctor, say how long have you been saying Afro American? When did you?
1: I have been saying it, but I am making the transition. This year, I try not to say black. Sometimes I slip, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm definitely saying Afro-American.
0: Well, I notice that in all the things I've read about you and all the things that you've written that I've read,
1: Afro-American,
0: Afro-American. I'm trying. When did you begin?
1: Well, actually, I began while I was in Washington, D.C., when I was working really with the federal government and I represented that agency uh, Lin- to a, a group. Yep. I was in Washington from 74 to 82. Okay. I worked with a group that <clears throat> began celebrating Afro-American History Month, which is in February, and that was It began as a week uh, by uh, Carter G. Woodson and by working with the Sardinian government. And I was its representative from this agency to this citizens group planning the national observance of Afro-American History Month just in the Washington, D.C. area. And so after seeing all of this literature and in parentheses it said Negro or Black, I, never, I didn't make that change in D.C. I only made that change. I was undergoing the process all along because persons in our community have been reluctant to call themselves African or to associate themselves with that. And so, I think, I guess it's a process of the simulation, our growth and development of some type, that I'm proud now. I'm not ashamed of of being black. I'm no longer ashamed of being connected with Africa. And it says I'm a leader, so it's a little bit of ego in there, Mm -hmm. because I'm trailblazing and I'm trying to get more of us to uh, use the term Afro-American, just as we say uh, Italian American or German American, mm-hmm. saying that I'm an American, but my roots are in Africa, and I'm proud.
0: Right. <laughs> okay. Um, well, what other events in the '60s, besides the Jefferson Bank, would you say constituted important? Well,
1: I. Th- I mentioned the famous Embora situation where they had Afro-Americans on as elevator operators. The fact that uh, Afro-American police officers began to move into other areas of the city to to police, uh, they began to uh, more began to, uh, were assigned as detectives, Um, more uh, firefighters, Uh, the opening of the restaurants, the passing of the Civil Rights Law in 1964, Um, just the whole transition, uh, opening the door for full citizenship for Afro-Americans. And for women, Asians and other minorities, handicaps, Uh, we paid the price as Afro-Americans. We paid the price. We were the data, because unless you have data, you don't have a problem (laughs) in scientific America. And so we were the data, Afro-Americans. And others have benefited, and we're happy that others can benefit because we're all together.
0: Does that look familiar to you? How, how do you feel about this picture? It's Percy Green. At the arch. At the arch.
1: Yeah. Um, what do you mean when you say, how do I feel about it?
0: Well, in the same way that Evelyn Roberts made the statement, it was a different way of
1: oh, I thought doing things. I, I salute Percy for doing that. I would not have uh, had the strength to go up on that march. I salute him and he did a tremendous amount of good out of that he opened the labor unions up he really did he did an excellent job now Percy Green as I told you before was a member of CORE right. but he left because he thought we were too conservative and Percy is a landmark his case against McDonnell Douglas landmark cases and uh, whenever you go into a EEO situation, you have to go into the courts. Frequently, they refer to uh, the Percy Green case. He has made an invaluable contribution to us. Ivor Perry and others—he's uh, another one of our supporters, another demonstrator—has done a tremendous amount of good. Has written a couple of books now. He's a
0: uh, well. George, George Lipschitz wrote a book yes, about him? Have about him, you, yes. Have you seen it or read it?
1: I have seen it, not read it. Um, oh, I don't remember that one, that particular one.
0: In front of the car, 12th and Clark. I. I it, it might have been, in 1960. it was in 1965, sometimes um, he would stop okay. cars and say, as long as you Yes. I stopped you, think about yes. this yes. thing or yes. that thing, and this
1: yes, picture was uh,
0: addressing demonstration from the police headquarters in 65.
1: Yeah. 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 See, many of those things, we didn't know exactly the details on because we were incarcerated. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I uh, only heard about and didn't see
0: This is uh, aid dependent children. This is in '67. Okay. But as far as a Percy Green, are uh, the well NAACP CORE action? Then you had Black Liberators.
1: Yes, all and of that you was had part SNEC, of. And
0: many different things happening in the, the later part of the
1: 60s. Well, that was all, and then in 68, That was those were your riots, and uh, all kinds of groups. There, there was a family where a group of people would would assemble, and I think on Sundays about Three or four or five o'clock, we would assemble in go to discuss with people our actions and the rationale for our actions. So, all of those, all of that's in the past. Uh,
0: was there any coordination? Of the, there were. That was the coordination of efforts between those groups.
1: I don't remember any, unless there were. I don't remember coordination for the sake of low coordination among the groups, but if there were a special effort, if there are a special event, then there would be an attempt to develop a high degree of coordination. But as the, the normal, as a part of the normal routine, in other words, for a procedure our process to, to network with blank, 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 blank. I don't remember that being the case, except when we were in jail and those attorneys were involved.
0: When you were talking about the leaders before, the leadership, uh, the people that constituted the civil rights movements, um, why did you perceive them as leaders? What makes them leaders? Well, those
1: who those were persons who were in leadership titles or in leadership roles, maybe president or vice president.
0: But there are different kinds of leaders, like, uh, for instance, uh, uh, a Percy Green or, a, or an Ivory Perry. Well,
1: debate. Percy Green was a leader in that he established his own organization. He was the chair, uh, he was the leader of uh, action. Mm-hmm. Ivory Perry now was... I don't know whether Ivory was ever in a position uh, where he had a title.
0: No, I, I th- they don't. But have he was have a, a leading.
1: He was a leading person. Mm-hmm. I, I, a leading person to me is one who makes a contribution but doesn't necessarily have a, a following. No,
0: it can. Well, it could be a grassroots level.
1: Well, you know, but as opposed to. Well, I, one, right. One could be a, a block unit chairman or could be a leader in his block without holding an office. Mm-hmm. I think of a leader as a person who's holding an office.
0: Okay.
1: Whether it's an elective appointed mm-hmm. or whether or not he's uh, employed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and other, if you aren't a leader, you might one might be uh, a leading person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a socialite, our business person those are our leading persons.
0: well let's talk about leading persons then
1: what's your question
0: my question is who do you perceive as leading
1: the or now then oh I would consider myself a leading person chairman of Coral once or twice I forgot. It. Oh, when we had the, we had the, what we call jitneys. Those were service cars buses, yeah. in lieu of the but The buses were going to come. Or some They were increasing their prices. Mm-hmm. And, they, oh no, the city was getting rid of the service cars. That's what it was. Under Mayor Cervantes. Yeah. And uh, we, we in core, wanted to keep the service cars because we said the service cars wouldn't be as expensive. And so we literally operated the service cars for a long time on Martin Luther King and on Hodeman and Enright, mm-hmm. uh, but then the police jumped on us constantly, were giving those people ticket after ticket, so we couldn't, couldn't keep that up.
0: But at a grassroots level, do you consider an Ivy Perry with a following?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yes. I guess I guess he would be. He he has a following. Um, but it's a following for this day or this hour. Mm-hmm. It's not a continuous following. I would not consider him a leader.
0: Can you think of people other than holding like yourself, other than holding a a public office? Though you held offices, but I'm I'm trying to get to people that were perceived as leaders Because you said sometimes those people that were in public office were perceived as leaders, but they really weren't doing anything or, or capable or allowed to. But they
1: still had the following. Yeah. They still had the following. Oh, right now I can't think of, of, of persons whom I might consider. Well, all the core, all the core, all the demonstrators, except for maybe five, might be. Jim Peake, for an example, was a leading person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Louis Ford, at that time, was a leading person. Uh, Gene Tenure, Mm -hmm. who was one of our leaders, uh, professionally, from core. Uh, was not only a leading leader, but a leading person.
0: What have I missed that you would like to talk about? That you feel that would be good for... children, adults, blacks, Afro-Americans, whites?
1: Well, oh, I don't think you've missed anything. Well, I think it's important for us to set our objectives, our goals, and then devise a strategy to achieve those objectives and goals. Implement them and evaluate your success from the standpoint of where you are, where you were, where you wanted to go. And it's important to know this because History doesn't repeat itself, but some uh, some conditions can occur similar to what have, some conditions that have gone on before, and it's important for those similar situations not to repeat itself. So we need to know where we are, where we were, where we are, and where we want to go.
0: How do you feel about the leadership today in the Afro-American community in St. Louis? Uh,
1: mm-hmm. We shall overcome. We shall overcome.
0: Okay. Thank you, Mr. said May I come You're back welcome. if I need to? Oh, sure, surely. surely. Okay. Thank you very much.